0: Because a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm trying to run to lose weight, so I need to stop eating carbs. Carbs is our main source of energy. So if we're not eating carbs, we're going to be fatigued when we run. And then it's going to we're going to have to look for other things to get energy from, like fats and proteins. But then you're getting these fats and proteins from your muscles, and then from your organs, and then you're just making your body weaker. So right. you have to make sure you continue to eat carbs in addition to protein and fats. So we need all three. You can't take one out. You have to make sure you do all three, especially if you're running. Because when we run, we burn a lot of calories. So we have to make sure that we replenish ourselves so that we stay healthy and we can stay running for a long time.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to our Simple House podcast show. I'm very excited today to have Dr. De La Cruz with me today. Dr. De La Cruz is a sports chiropractor in Pasadena and a certified strength and conditioning specialist. Dr. De La Cruz received in 2014 his Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology, specializing in rehabilitation and therapeutic exercise from Cal State University of Los Angeles. And in 2018, he received his doctorate in chiropractic from Southern California University of Health Sciences. A competitive distance runner himself, dr de la cruz specialized in treatment and injury prevention for runners in 2019 he opened his own chiropractic practice in california pasadena and specialized in running injuries sports injuries back pain neck pain headaches and injury prevention in addition to practicing chiropractic dr de la cruz founded private coaching business a adrenaline running in 2016, and has helped many post-collegiate distance runners reach their personal goals. He enjoys seeing people completing their first marathon, running a personal best, qualifying for Boston, or qualifying for the USA Olympic trials. Being able to be part of their journey for many runners brings great pride to Dr. De La Cruz. He has coached five women to qualify for the 2020 USA Olympic trials in a marathon and has several other athletes within reach of the qualifying marks. Dr. De La Cruz is still an avid runner. If you go to any of the running events held by Pasadena Racers Running Club, you'll probably see him there. Welcome, Dr. De La Cruz, to our show today. I'm so excited to have you here.
0: Hello. I'm excited to be here as well.
1: Today, we're going to talk a lot about running from its benefits, maybe potential risks, and to how we get started at different age and maybe with different uh, health conditions. But first, I'd like to know, start with you, Doctor. When did you start competitive running? Uh, I know you were a start distant runner when you were in college in um, Cal State University. Did you start it there or even early before that?
0: It was a long time ago. <laughs> it, I've been running for, I think, almost 20 years. So in, in middle school and in elementary school, I really liked to run, but we really didn't have any any cross-country meets or anything like that. I didn't even know cross-country was a sport. But when I got to middle school, my uh, my teacher said that there's a race that they're doing against the other middle schools. And I was like, I want to do it. And then I, I think I placed like sixth or eighth or something like that in the middle school. It was only like a mile and a half race, but Mm -hmm. Ever since then, I I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. I can race other kids. So (laughs) the seventh and eighth grade year, same thing. We did another race, but we didn't train. You know, we just ran for a week and then we went out there and raced. It wasn't very serious. It was mostly just for fun. When I got to high school, then that's when I actually joined the cross country team and track and field team and Mm -hmm. started running every day, had really good coaches, had a lot of coaches, and then ended up doing really well there. Got scholarship at Cal State LA, competed at Cal State LA. And then continued afterwards with the Run With Us in Pasadena. They sponsored me for a couple of years.
1: Oh, okay. When you started in college, probably you get into more serious competition, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. I I improved a lot when I went to college. Mm-hmm. I was really pretty serious in high school. I was running like 80, 90 miles a week in high school. Wow. And when I got to college, I continued that and I continued to improve and ended up qualifying for the national meet in the steeplechase. So ran against the best in the nation for Division two. And I continued wanting, I wanted to continue to improve afterwards. So then I just continued to train even throughout chiropractic school, even though they don't mm-hmm. have cross-country at chiropractic school. Mm-hmm. It was mostly just me running on my own with, with my friends and trying to still compete at a high level.
1: Next, i like to talk about the benefits of running. Like, uh, I think both physically and mentally. For me, I used to really not like running. <laughs> I used to say, oh, it's kind of boring. But then I, I think I started regular running just uh, two, three months ago. And it's not really very long distance, but I think I just started. So I run like three times a week, probably two miles a time. And I think what motivated me is that uh, first, uh, right now I'm at in my 50s, right? But still want I still want to keep my heart strong and also increase my physical endurance, and also i hope i can maintain the muscle mass uh stay <laughs> stay fit and probably get rid of a little um the belly fat you know i had a couple of uh, coworkers right in the past they started running and then i don't know how long it took them like several months maybe or even a year and so amazing to me that they're body fat just started melting away. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's awesome. Uh, that's probably my motivation. So are they are those all valid benefits from running? What do you Definitely.
0: Think? The health benefits are, are huge. There's a lot of people who do it just for the health reasons. But mm-hmm. you know, when you do it for the health reasons, you get other benefit as well, you, you decide that you want to eat a little bit better because you know, you're running and you want to have the proper nutrition for your body. So it, it creates other Changes in your lifestyle, you go to sleep early because you know that you have a long run in the morning, so then you get more sleep, which helps you recover and helps your mind a little bit better as well so it's kind of like a cascade of events once you start do start running, things just start to fall into place and you start to get a healthier lifestyle just because you decided to take up running um, running regularly um, it has been proven to improve your mental health as well. a lot of people do go for runs on their own because they can help reduce their stress. A lot of people, it reduces depression and anxiety. We know a lot of people who do it just to get away from, you know, the daily stresses of life. Like, oh, "Oh, today was a long day. I got to go run, you know, easy four mile to get rid of some of that stress that I've had. It helped me a lot in college because when I was studying for my midterms, I was like, oh, I got to take a break. I took 20 minutes and went outside and ran, came back and I felt like I can do another three hours of studying. You know, it helps a lot with your mental health. And also with your social health, when you go out and run and you find a group, you know, you make friends like the Pasadena Pacers. I've met so many people there that I call my friends now and I can hang out with them after we run, go get coffee, things like that. It gives you more of a meaning to life because there's more people that do what you love to do. So that's the mental and and social aspect of running. But there's also the, the healthy aspect of running. Like you said, you want to improve your cardiovascular health. It's great for improving your cardiovascular health. It lowers your blood pressure, your cholesterol, improves the health of your heart and makes your, your, your bones even stronger so that when you get older, your body can handle the stresses of daily life. A lot of people used to think that running for a long time can cause early arthritis. You know, like it's bad for your knees. Don't run. Yeah, but that's research... kind of a lot
1: of concerns. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of my <laughs> concerns too. I think, well, that is that bad for my knees?
0: It's not. Research shows that running is actually the opposite. It's really good for your knees. It's really good for your body and your bones and your joints. There's this law called Wolf Law. And Wolf Law says that the idea of healthy bones will adapt and change to the stress that is put on it. So if you have more stress on a bone, that bone will adapt so that it can handle that stress in the future. So if you have someone who isn't running, they're not having the stress on their body. Their body isn't going to adapt for the extra stress because their body thinks that it doesn't need it. But now if you're running multiple times a day, your body will adapt and become stronger for it. So you have healthy, strong, healthier bones, health, healthier knees, healthier heart, less blood pressure. You know, your, your mental health is better. Social health is better. It's just been a bit all around. You know, there is a risk of injury, but, you know, these injuries are overuse injuries. Just take some time off. They generally go away on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you can get some help with chiropractic or physical therapy, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but, there's a lot more benefit to risk with running as long as you do it correctly
1: yeah yeah i have a, quite a few um co-workers or friends they started to get interested in running some of my co-workers they start go back running maybe after years uh they haven't been running or never never run before seriously run before so they start running and then Maybe they said, oh, that's simple. You just run, right? Just go run. But then I think maybe after five minutes of running, they're kind of got out of breath and also tired. And then after a few runs, they're kind of, oh, it's probably just not for me. I'm, I don't have the energy. Maybe I don't have the body to run. So they just um, easily quit. For for your experience, like any age, 50, even 50s or 60s, if they won't start running, is it okay for them to start running and um how? What's a good strategy so they wouldn't get um like easily uh, frustrated and quit in the middle?
0: Yeah, running is very uh complicated. <laughs> sounds <laughs> Everyone... like simple,
1: right? Just to yeah. pick up and run.
0: <laughs> yeah. It most runners that i know they have a love-hate relationship with running like i have a love-hate relationship with it like i love running but then i hate the idea of having to get up in the morning (laughs) and doing it but then once i get out there i feel better story about myself when i started cross country i had to do three miles with the varsity girls team and i was in high school Mm -hmm. and when i started they took off on me and i could not keep up with them and i felt so tired you know after a mile i started walking and then i started jogging and then The JV girls started past me. I'm like, what the heck is going on? I can't keep up with anyone. (laughs) And then um, I could have just, you know, they're like, oh, this isn't for me. My body isn't meant for it. This is my first day running, though. I can't expect to keep up with people who've been running for two years already. Yeah. So I just, I stood with it. And then three weeks later, I noticed that my body started to feel a little bit better with running. I can run three miles without stopping. Mm -hmm. And then over time, I started to get faster it's one of those things where you have to stay consistent with it in order for you to see results. You can't expect to go out and run your first day or your first week and feel great and do five miles. But now if I wanted to, like, you know, I can go out and run 10 miles and, you know, barely break a sweat. Yeah. That's because I've been running for 20 years, yeah. but the more, the more you do it, the more you get out of it. It's one of those things that you can't just um want to do. it. You have to actually do it, but build up slowly. So um, depending on your age, you can start and it's going to feel the same for anyone if you're out of shape, if you're 50 or 60 or 70, mm-hmm. and if you're a teenager or if you're 20. If you've never ran before, you know it's going to be hard initially. There are other things that come into play like cardiovascular health and pre-existing condition like diabetes and high blood pressure. These things can obviously make it a little bit harder for people to begin running, but it doesn't mean they can't begin running. They just have to start off a little bit more conservatively. So a good way to start is by walking. You can walk four minutes and jog one minute and then walk four minutes and jog one minute. Do intervals like that for 20 minutes and you pretty much run four minutes and you Mm -hmm. jog what, 16 minutes Mm -hmm. and then do that for a week. The next week, you can increase the time spent running and decrease the time spent walking Mm -hmm. so that you can eventually get to four minutes of running and one minute of walking. And then you'll notice that your body is able to handle the four minutes of running rather than just starting with the five minutes of pure running. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. that's a that, that's a really good strategy for people to initially begin, and then once they feel like they're confident enough to run consistently without stopping, then they can slowly get get to that part. But starting slowly is very important. I think that's the best strategy for someone to do when they're first starting.
1: I think it probably also depends on different persons like their own situation right their own health condition like yeah i think (laughs) when i um first joined the pasadena pacers i said okay let's let's go with the the entrance level uh team for five miles yeah it's the same experience you mentioned. so everybody's passing me i was like i i probably just run like two miles then i i say i'm so tired so i just going to head back then i started okay maybe i should run on my on my own just to build up the endurance i think i started slow i do like uh three minutes two minutes three minutes two minutes like three minutes jogging and two minutes walking right and then right now i'm at like 10 minutes jogging a uh, one minute break right now it's already like uh, two or three months i'm still at that pace is that normal or is it's uh, it's uh... a <laughs>
0: it's normal sometimes sometimes people take longer for them to to progress sometimes Mm -hmm. you you take a year two years without noticing any improvement in your pace Mm -hmm. as long as you're consistent you will notice jumps Um, I've been coaching high school and college and even you know older adults for many years since 2009 and I've noticed that some people after two or three years they don't have any improvement but then the fourth year of running they improve so much you know like if it's a t- if we're talking about a three mile time we have this kid who's running 21 minutes for three years and then next thing you know he's running 16 minutes it's like you just improved by five minutes in the five in one year but the previous three years you didn't improve at all yeah um but he stayed consistent and he continued to do it because he loved the sport he loved his friends and he was hanging out with his friends and just staying consistent is the most important thing for running and you'll notice that too like even with the elite athletes you notice that they're running at a certain time and then two years later they run the same time and their personal best is from four years ago and there's to continuing to try to you know break that personal best you know it it happens with all of us um we just have to stay consistent and not let it bring us down and discourage us from running um because like you said there's a lot more benefit to running than just running fast you know you still get the health benefit from being consistent you still get the emotional Mm -hmm. and the the mental health benefit as well so just making sure that you you remember of all these reasons why you run uh, to yeah. keep you going is important but staying consistent and maybe even adding another day of running might be the trick sometimes you might just need more volume so if you've done three months of of the same thing and you haven't noticed a lot of improvement you can try adding another day mm-hmm. so doing a little bit more running can actually make things a little bit more better but then so if you have any pain you back off a little bit
1: I see. So let's say there's a some for someone never run before, and it's not really in a in the perfect shape. To start out, like how frequent, twice a week or three times a week? How many minutes, like per run, you you would recommend?
0: You can do two to three times a week. I wouldn't do more than three times a week if you've never run before, because okay. it's going to be new stresses to your body that it's not used to. And anytime you do anything new, your body is going to respond very aggressively and become very sore. Mm-hmm. And then it might discourage you from, from ever running again.
2: <laughs>
1: right, yeah.
0: You yeah. Know? yeah, so two or three t- times a week for maybe 10 to 25 minutes would be enough. Um. And then slowly increasing it depending on how you're feeling. So mm-hmm. a good baseline would be 10 to 25 minutes of running three times a week. And then mm-hmm. if you feel good, your body isn't too sore, you're not mm-hmm. too exhausted, you can slowly start to increase the time or the pace.
1: I see. We talk about, a little bit about... Um... What is good for beginners? Do you have other like common mistakes that beginners normally make when they start out running?
0: Yeah, one of them is, is too much too soon. Uh, they try to make this goal, like the New Year's resolutions. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so a lot of one, one really big New Year's resolution is not related to running, but, but they're like, I'm going to go to the gym every day. So when you go to the gyms on January 1st, I can, it's packed. You can't find any weights because everyone is in there. But then if you go the third week of January, no one's in there anymore. They all fell off because they, they did too much too soon. They burnt themselves out. They went every day and then after two weeks, they're like, yeah, I can't do this. It's too much. So the same thing with running. If you go out and you run every day or you run five times a week um, or you run too fast for what you're able to do, then you're going to burn yourself out. And then you're gonna get this bad relationship with running, and you're probably not gonna want to do it again. And you're gonna get those mindsets of, yeah, this isn't for me. You know, I'm better off doing something else. Mm -hmm. So making sure you don't start off too much, don't do too much mileage initially, Mm -hmm. and taking it slow is one of the biggest mistakes. Mm -hmm. Another one is not getting enough easy days or rest days. This is kind of like in addition to the other one because sometimes people run five days a week and they don't take any time off. Sometimes people run seven days a week and they don't get any rest days. So this is for like a beginner who already has consistency with running and they've been running for like a year, but they still consider themselves a beginner. Mm -hmm. You still need to make sure that you have those rest days and take those days off when you need, because not taking enough rest days will allow your body to overwork themselves. And then you get these injuries like plantar fasciitis, IT band syndrome, and then again, you'll get a bad relationship with running. Too much intensity. So running too fast for what you're able to do. You go outside and you're like, Oh, I'm gonna run this three miles as fast as I can. You can't do that. You shouldn't you shouldn't do that either.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because
0: that yeah, that's that's a good way to get hurt as well. Um, there's a couple more. Not consistent enough is a really big one. Sometimes people are like, Oh, I'm gonna run. So then they do three times this week, three times next week, and then they take two weeks off. And then they run three times, three times, and then they take four weeks off, and mm-hmm. then they run three times again. That's another good way to get hurt because you you think you can start where you left off from but your body detrains very quickly so we have to make sure we stay consistent if we don't then we're going to kind of have to restart again which is why i have a love-hate relationship with running because when i get hurt i don't want to have to restart you know i want to go back to where it was when i got hurt right but uh-huh. i have to be disciplined enough to be like no i have to start easy again and then slowly build my way out back to where i was so that's a very difficult you know, aspect of running for all runners. So even but you have like only have one. like
1: a couple weeks break, you still have to go back a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, you have to backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm doing 50 miles a week. If I were to take a week off because of vacation mm-hmm. or because I got sick or because I hurt myself, mm-hmm. I would probably drop down to 30 miles a week when I come back, which is a 20 mile difference. 30 miles wow. still sounds like a lot, but from where I was, that's like a 40% change, you know, and I have to slowly get back to the 50. Okay. Another mistake uh, is not wearing the right shoes. A lot of times you see these advertisements on TV like, oh, this is the best active shoe, but it's not really designed for running. That can really not give you enough support, really get you hurt. Um, there are different types of shoes as well. There are neutral shoes, stability shoe- shoes, motion-controlled shoes. If you have a, a collapsing arch and you have pronation and you're not wearing a stability shoe, then your body is going to be running in an abnormal way and you're possibly going to get hurt. So going to a good you know, shoe store like Run With Us or Snails paste, yeah. um, they'll be able to fit you and make sure that you're in the right shoe. Changing your shoes frequently. A lot of people don't do that. 300 miles, 250 miles is usually the limit. Sometimes people have the shoes from five years ago. And they're like, oh, I, I have running shoes. I bought yeah. them five years now. <laughs> you should right. get rid of those. <laughs> get some new shoes. So probably um, lost
1: the support, right? The sufficient support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after some time. Yeah. And,
0: and over time, the rubber slowly deteriorates. So Mm -hmm. even if you have a brand new pair of shoes that you bought six years ago and you never ran in them, you should probably still get new shoes because the rubber isn't the same because it degenerates over time. I
2: see. Mm -hmm.
0: And uh, the last one I have on here is uh, recovering after a big race like a marathon. So if you're running your first year and you ran LA Marathon and you Mm -hmm. feel very excited because you ran, you know, the time that you want to run. So after the marathon, you continue to run, you're going to get hurt. You have to make sure you take time off after that marathon. So I always like a week or two weeks after the race of no running, Uh then you slowly build up again because you need to have your body to recover. You need those muscles to re- you know get back to the, uh, the strength that it had before. When you run a marathon, you're tearing up muscles everywhere, and you need to make sure that you have enough time to allow them to recover before you begin again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Those are the most common mistakes. There's a lot of them, <laughs> but they're simple. <laughs> You right. know they're they're not like hard mistakes to miss, but um it's easy to do them. But you know if you know them, it's it's a good way not to get hurt and to stay consistent.
1: Right. I for me, I feel like consistency is really key, even to for me to keep running because in the past, I sometimes okay, run once a a week when I feel like it, right. But now I can start. Okay, I I set up like three times uh, a week. So whenever times, I'm just going to put on my shoes and go out. So, it's kind of a routine. So, it helped me instead of, I can find probably tons of excuses. <laughs> <forget> yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> How about the warm up? I heard many people tell oh, you have really do the warm up and cool down. So, what do you think? What kind of the best warm up or cooling down process?
0: Warm up and cool downs are important. Um, it really depends on what your workout is. So, if you're just going out for a run, you can use a brisk walk. Um as like a, a small warm-up. The whole goal of the warm-up is just to get your blood flowing, okay. get your heart rate to increase. So if you can do a brisk walk and get your heart rate to increase, that's that's pretty good. You should progress that into a slow jog and then eventually into a run and then eventually into your running pace. So I do a slow jog as my warmup. I don't usually design it as a warm-up unless I'm doing like a like a workout. There are also workouts with running where you do like mile repeats and intervals and tempos and thresholds. But that gets a little bit more complicated yeah. for like a little bit more advanced runners. <laughs> but like with those workouts, you definitely need to be doing warmups because you can't go straight into sprint without being warm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You have to make sure you warm up 15 minutes of jogging, do some drills before you do these workouts. But if it's just regular running, you can start off with running slower than usual and then slowly build up into your normal pace. Um, you can start the, the slow jog as a walk and then slowly go into the jog and then slowly go into the run. Mm -hmm. Same with the cooldown. The idea of the cooldown is to gradually decrease the heart rate. So if you're running and you're at 150 beats per minute of your heart, you don't want to just stop because then your heart rate is going to drop dramatically and go down Mm -hmm. to like 80. Mm -hmm. And that's a a big drop in heart rate. And that pretty much causes blood to stay where it is. So if you have a lot of blood in your legs because you're running, it's going to stay there lactic acid will stay there, you'll be more fatigued, you'll be more sore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next time you run the next day, your body's going to feel really heavy and fatigued. So the mm-hmm. idea of the cool down is to allow your body to flush out any lactic acid that you have, convert mm-hmm. the lactic acid back into energy because lactic acid is a source of energy. Mm-hmm. But if you don't allow it to go back into the liver, it's not going to turn into energy again. So you have to make sure you slowly decrease the heart rate so that you don't become as sore the next day. Dynamic warm-up is very important. Um, so you don't have to do any static stretching, like pulling and holding for 30 seconds. But dynamic warm-up is good, like high knees and butt kicks and leg swings, A-skip and B-skip, um, things that we do in the morning with the Pasadena pastries just to warm up our body, marching in place, yeah, yeah. butt kicks. All that is, is good to warm up your body before a run as well.
1: If I do like a brisk walk before I start jogging, do i still need a dynamic stretching or i can just skip it just use the brisk walking or slow jogging um, as a warm-up
0: it's just a regular running and you're not going that fast and you can get away with just doing the brisk walk Mm -hmm. the dynamic warm-up has two two purposes the first Mm -hmm. purpose is to obviously warm up your body get the blood flowing but then it's also to warm up the joints so when you go through the dynamic warm-up it it challenges your body to take your your joints through its range of motion so if you're doing high knees you're lifting up the knee higher, and it's causing the hip to go higher, creating more motion in the in the hip mm-hmm. joint. If you just do a brisk walk, you're not really challenging that range of motion, so the joint isn't getting the the mobilization that it needs. But if you're just doing a regular walk or jog, then you should be fine. But I would recommend doing it at least twice a, twice a week, the dynamic warm-up, because it's good for your body.
1: Okay, then how about cool down? what do you call it still dynamic uh, cool down or (laughs) no you don't need to
0: (laughs) you don't (laughs) you don't need to do the dynamic warm-up for the cool down the cool down could just be just getting the heart rate down gradually so if you're running slow down the run into a jog and -hmm. then eventually into a walk and then after that you can do some light foam rolling some light light stretching regular stretching um the dynamic warm-up is mostly just for before
1: So you mentioned the foam rolling. Is that a uh, cool down or what is it? You have to go back home to do that, right?
0: You can bring it with you <laughs> take it in your car and lay down on the floor on the grass.
1: So foam what's the purpose a, of that? Like, it's I, a good I, way I to help relax it, you know?
0: the muscles. Yeah, it's oh. a good way to help relax the muscles. And it, it it's like a light massage. So research shows that the number one way to recover from a hard effort is a light massage. So if you don't have access to going to a masseuse after you run, the next best thing is a foam roller. (laughs) So you're just going on the floor and rolling the quads, the hamstrings, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. calves, Mm -hmm. the glutes. That can help relax the muscles and get them to recover a little bit quicker for the next run.
1: Right. After I started, um, I think, two weeks or several weeks of jogging, I wouldn't even say running, jogging, right? So Mm -hmm. then I feel my, my knees kind of not hurting, but sore, slightly sore then I started to concern myself like, oh, is it, did I hurt my knees or did I run like in a right form? Or is that just a like, normal, like, just like you do the weight lift, then you have your arms sore, your legs sore. Is that kind of normal or is, should I be really concerned?
0: Most of it, most of it is normal. Mm-hmm. It, it's normal to have sore and achy legs, but it's not normal to have pain. So the biggest challenge with runners and even just athletes, is knowing the difference between soreness, achiness, and pain. Um, we really hate the word or this, the quote, no pain, no gain, because it really <laughs> changes the way people think. They're like, oh, it hurts, but I should still run if I want to improve. But, well, no, if, if you're actually hurting, then you should stop. If it's just achiness and soreness, you can push through that. You should mm-hmm. put. You can push through discomfort, but you should not push through pain. Um, and once you start running a little bit more, you kind of get an idea of what is just achiness
2: mm-hmm. and
0: what is just uh, soreness and what is pain. So, the longer you run and the, and the the more intense that you run and even just the more consistent you get, you will notice things start to bother you. Like, oh, I, after my run, the bottom of my foot is kind of achy. But then it goes away after like two hours and you, you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. Same thing with your knees. You're running and then the whole run, your knees were kind of achy. But then after the run, you're fine. And then the next run, you're fine. Then mm-hmm. it's probably just the, the soreness and the achiness. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're training for a marathon, everything's going to hurt. <laughs> but not, not painful. It's, it's going to be more like an achiness. But it's going to be one of those things that you're used to. And since you're, you're training for a marathon, you're running a lot of mileage, you're, you're going to know what it's going to feel like. And you're going to mm-hmm. have the tools to help your, yourself recover, like the massage and the mm-hmm. foam rolling and the ice baths and the cool downs and all that will help decrease the soreness. But just knowing that the soreness is gonna be there, I think is important so mm-hmm. that you know it's not abnormal. But if you are experiencing pain, then you should decrease your mileage and your intensity and maybe take some time off to take care of the pain, mm-hmm. maybe get it looked at by a sports doctor. Yeah. If you notice that you're if you're limping, limping is the big red flag. Oh. If if you're limping, you have to make sure you stop running, And that could be because you're in pain or that could be because your body just wants to compensate. Um, Sometimes people don't have any pain in their limping. It's important not to run, even if that's the case, because then you create more strength on one side compared to the other because you're compensating, and then that can create a new injury. So looking out for your friends when you're out with the pacers or with your other running Mm -hmm. group, if you see anyone limping, ask them, are you in pain? They're like, no. They're like, why are you limping? And usually if you record them, they can... (laughs) <laughs> see that they're limping. And then they are like, Oh, I guess I am limping. <laughs> and then they, they can take the precautions to fix that limp, because that's the main reason why people get compensation injuries. But a normal ache and pain, like aches and discomforts is, is normal, as long as it's not lingering around, and it's not preventing, and it's not making you limp, then I, then I think it's normal.
1: I also heard like, it's better to run on the grassy area, not on the hard surface. So what do you say about that?
0: It depends. If you have normal, you know, normal as in a sense with no, like, no degeneration in your knees and, and no like ACL tears or anything like that. Mm-hmm. If you have no pre-existing conditions with your knees or your hips, then you're fine running on any surface. There's no real research that proves that one softer surface is better than another for healthy knees. If we go back mm-hmm. to Wolf Wolf's Law, if you put stress on a joint, um, the stronger it will get. I've been running on concrete since I started running (laughs) in middle school and I've been running for like 20 years. And like I said, I've been doing 80 miles a week. So I think I have like 10,000 miles under my belt. My knees are fine. You know, I Mm -hmm. have no hip pain, no ankle pain. Mm -hmm. I get these random, you know, overuse injuries that everyone gets, Mm -hmm. but I I wouldn't say that I have arthritis in my knees. You know, we Mm -hmm. took an x-ray of them and there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you do have some type of pre-existing condition, like chondromalacia patellae, which is degeneration of the patella, where Mm -hmm. you have no cartilage in your knee, Mm -hmm. Then a softer surface would be better for you because Mm -hmm. obviously your body doesn't have the support needed to run on the hard surface. So, like a track, you know, soft dirt, grass would be good. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: A softer surface is also good for recovering. So, if you do like a hard five miler on Monday and you feel really sore, Mm -hmm. you can go on grass on Wednesday and that can help you recover a little bit more. But if you go on concrete, you won't be bad either, like that. That'd be okay as well. Yeah. So, the only time I would suggest like softer surfaces is if you have those arthritis and Mm -hmm. conditions in your knees or your hips Mm -hmm. that were would call for it but other than that you shouldn't worry about running on concrete or pavement or asphalt or anything like that
1: okay okay good to know it's been my questions (laughs) (laughs) how about injuries what the common injuries and what's the cause of them is that they didn't run correctly or just the part of the running business, what what kind of common injuries you, you see, especially in your clinic?
0: Yeah, injuries are part of part of it. You know, every athlete gets injuries. The goal is to limit the amount of injuries that you get. Okay. I I think I've been very fortunate to not be injured that often when I was, uh, you know, competing in college and in high school and even after college. Mm-hmm. I've had a number of injuries, but, you know, none that really held me out for too long. The most common ones that we see are always overuse injuries because obviously us runners, we don't like to stop. You know, we just keep going, even if we have pain and achiness. Um, The common ones are like if we start from the top, you got high hamstring tendinopathy, piriformis syndrome, um, impingement syndrome in the hip, IT band syndrome, you get the peasant anserine tendinopathy, runner's knee with the patellar tendon, shin splint, uh, medial tibial stress syndrome, plantar fasciitis, stress fractures achilles tendinopathy you know all the normal things that you hear from people it's big words
1: (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) i'm trying to absorb them (laughs) so are they yeah what's the main cause of that of those
0: it's mostly overuse so like the common mistakes that we talked about before doing too much too soon Uh not wearing the right shoes not having enough strength in your body to to do the demand that is needed so if you if you have a muscle that's only able to last five miles, but you run 10 miles, that muscle is doing what it needs to do for five miles. But then the next five miles, it's fatiguing and it's no longer holding itself up. So then other muscles have to compensate and then they become injured because they're doing too much. And that's when we get these overuse injuries like the Achilles tendinopathy and the IT band syndrome. So making sure you build up slowly you don't go from five miles a week to 15 miles a week to 30 miles a week to hundred miles a week. That's a big jump. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to go slowly. So go like 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, just slowly increase your mileage, listening yeah. to your body, taking down weeks,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, making sure that you strength train. The biggest reason why people get hurt is because they don't strength train enough. We have to make sure that our body is strong enough to handle the mileage that we put on it especially if you're new to running and you haven't really been doing any activity, your body is not used to activity. So if you want it to go and run a marathon, you need to have a strong body to run a marathon. So you need a little bit of help with the weights to kind of encourage your muscles to, to continue to run. Cause if you're not, if they're not strong enough to run 10 miles, how do you expect them to run 26 miles? You know what I mean? That's a big reason why people get hurt is lack of strength training, lack of consistency and building up too quickly.
1: Yeah. That's actually leads to my next question. Like, when we run, it's normally used use our lower body, right? Mm-hmm. So but he also mentioned you need a strength for your whole body. So why is that? Why I need a, my core strong to in order for me to run better?
0: Yeah, a lot of people think that running is just lower body, but it's actually yeah. a full body workout. When you run, mm-hmm. we have to keep our body straight, we have to keep our back straight, we have to have a slight lean in our torso, mm-hmm. you know, without our core. Um, our upper body won't be able to swing our arms mm-hmm. and our arms need to be able to swing back and forth without crossing the center of our body. If we don't have strong arms, our arms will slow down. And because the arms are connected to the legs, our legs will also slow down too. So as your right leg goes forward, your left arm goes forward mm-hmm. and then vice versa it switches. There's this form drill called fast hands, fast feet, where you move your hands as fast as you can and you move your feet as fast as you can to show you that your body needs both of them so if you're running as hard as you can and your legs need help but your arms are tired you're not going to be able to go much faster but if you're running as fast as you can and your legs get tired if you just pump your arms a little bit more your legs will naturally move a little bit more as well and getting you to the pr that you need because your upper body is strong as well and if your core isn't strong then your upper body will have a hard time staying upright because you're slouching does that make sense
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: so it's important to do a full body workout um to get your upper body strong your back strong your core strong and your legs in order to be um injury free and get better at running
1: if uh, like for starters right for the beginners what are those you think is most effective like a simple workout um i heard people say uh, plank do you think that's a good uh, workout anything else the simple ones <laughs> for starters. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, plank's a good workout. Uh-huh. Um, if you want to incorporate upper, like total body, you can just get resistant bands. You know, you can buy resistant bands on Amazon or uh-huh. online and and get whatever weight that you need. They're like 15, 20 bucks. Tie them to a wall and pull. You can pull in different directions. Um, put one above you and pull down. Put one below you and pull up. Center of you and just pull back. That's a good way of getting your back. Planks are good. You can do a myrtle routine. So Myrtle routine is a routine that um, basically it's a series of exercises that you do on the floor without any weight, and that's good for your hips. It's basically donkey kicks, donkey whips, Mm -hmm. um, fire hydrants, clamshells, lateral monster walks, leg swings. You can Google those and they'll all come up. If you just Google Myrtle routine, the whole routine will be there. If you want to get a little bit more specific, lifting weights is actually a lot more beneficial than just body weight exercises, but you can get away with body weight exercises like squats and lunges and step ups.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: if you go into the into the weight room, loaded squats would be better if you get the barbell or get some dumbbells or a kettlebell.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: can go on the machines and do leg press and calf press, hamstring curls, quad extensions, balance exercises. You know, Romanian deadlifts. We have to do a lot of one legged exercises, so balance exercises are good. Standing on one foot, you can do this without any weight. Just standing on one foot. With your eyes open. If it's too easy, you can close your eyes. (laughs) Oh, really? then That's what will work on your balance. Because as as runners, we're always on one foot, right?
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. mm -hmm.
0: So we have to make sure that we have good balance when we're on one foot. So doing the one-legged squats and lunges and things like that will help a lot. But we also can't neglect the upper body. So a lot of shoulders, shoulder press, triceps, biceps, shrugs, farmer carries, all that will be good as well. And for the back, you can do the lap pulldowns and the deadlifts and the seated rows and the good mornings and all that. Mm -hmm. You know, anything is good. There's no best workout. There's Mm -hmm. not one workout that's better than another. Just as long as you're incorporating something for every part of your body, then you you should be okay. You know, there's some people like, oh, this is the best workout for runners. Not not necessarily. Mm -hmm. As long as you're building strength, then that's your best workout. And as long as you're not getting hurt. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing these, you don't want to max out. You want to go to about 12 reps, you know, three times by three by 12 reps. It would probably be ideal yeah. for a runner.
1: So we have seven days a week. So if I run like three days, how many days I should do the strength training?
0: Two to three days.
1: Okay. So I kind Yeah, of... so
0: I, I like to keep them on the day of running. That way you can dedicate the off days to recovery. So if you wanted to do two days a week, you can run Monday and lift right after, do leg day and core. And then you can run Wednesday and then on Friday, you can run again and then do upper body and core on Friday. That way, Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday are dedicated to recovery. So you don't have to worry about doing anything. You can just focus on getting your massage, you know, drinking water, hydrating, you know, eating things like that.
1: Oh, I, I was expecting you to say, OK, then you use other three days or two days to, to <laughs> work out.
0: Do it on the same day. You can do it on the opposite days, but I prefer to do it on the Mm -hmm. same day. That way you can focus on recovery on the other days.
1: Right, right. That's (laughs) what you do too. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so like on Tuesdays, I usually go run on the treadmill because I'm at the gym or I do about five miles and then I do my leg day right after. Mm -hmm. So I'm in there for like an hour and a half, almost two hours doing my lifting plus the running. Um, And then on Friday as well, I do the running in the morning and then I go into the gym afterwards.
1: So how long like you run every every time you're around like it's an hour or
0: uh it changes so right now i'm doing 50 miles a week so today i'm doing five Mm -hmm. miles and then tomorrow will be eight thursday will be nine friday is five saturday is 12 and i think on sunday is 10.
1: okay and then like how long is your workout
0: um it's not as long so maybe 30 minutes of lifting
1: okay okay
0: yeah it doesn't have to be long it's quick get
1: it in. So there are some other like excuses, right? For many of us, but I think it could be also concerns. Let's say I have a cold, I have a runny nose, maybe a little bit coughing, or I feel just feel tired today. Do you think as you can go out to run or should it's better for me just to skip the run?
0: It really depends on how how bad the sickness is mm-hmm. and every person is different for me. Right. If I feel really fatigued and I have muscle aches and body aches and things like that, I'm mm-hmm. going to take the time off because I need my energy to help my immune system recover. Right. If it's just a runny nose or a cough or a headache, mm-hmm. then I will probably go run. Um, so one of my coaches told me before, if it's like throat and up, like throat to your head, then that you're okay to run. But if it's throat and below, you know, then you probably should take some time off.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. So if it's
0: your if it's your chest that hurts, take some time off. If it's your you know, if it's having trouble breathing because of your chest, time off. Body aches, time off. Mm-hmm. If it's a runny nose or a cough or a headache, you can mm-hmm. probably run. Obviously, Mm -hmm. there's some flaws to that. If you have blurry vision, you should not run, even though it's in your head. (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? But it's just like a simple, like a a little role that I I stuck with for a long time. But every case is different. If one day I'm I'm feeling like it's just a little cold and I I feel like I have no body aches and no fatigue, and I'll probably just run on my own. I won't go with the pacers or with the running group because I don't want to give it Mm -hmm. to someone else. Yeah, but sometimes that's good to open up your airways too. You know, getting aerobic activity in, yeah. getting rid of the phlegm because you're breathing more, you're warming up your body temperature. It helps fight off some things that you're battling. Yeah. But if you're really sick and fatigued, you should probably take some time off and let your body heal. Mm-hmm. That way, you can get back to running sooner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's mostly a case by case basis.
1: Right. So you mentioned about diet. What kind of diet is better for runner or any workout? I don't know if
0: there's
1: any. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably a big question. Like, uh, there are so many different di- type of diets. Uh. <laughs>
0: Definitely. So, the best diet is is like not having a diet. If that makes sense. Um, a lot of times, people are like, "Oh, keto is best," or "carnivore diet is mm-hmm. best," or you know, mm-hmm. vegan, or you know, low carb diet. i I don't try to give people diets whenever they come in here and I, I've never been on a diet. Mm-hmm. Just watching what you eat is pretty much what is important for a runner and not avoiding carbs because a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm trying to run to lose weight so I need to stop eating carbs. Carbs is our main source of energy. So if we're not eating carbs, we're going to be fatigued when we run. And then it's gonna have, we're going to have to look for other things to, mm. to get energy from like fats and proteins. But then you're getting these fats and proteins from your muscles And then from your organs and then you're just making your body weaker so you have to make sure you continue to eat carbs in addition to protein and fats we need all three you can't take one out you have to make sure you do all three especially if you're running because when we run we burn a lot of calories so we have to make sure that we replenish ourselves so that we stay healthy and we can stay running for a long time however you do want to stay away from simple carbs simple carbs are like white bread you know sugary foods and things like that Um, complex carbs are better so like whole grain Dark Mm -hmm. wheat, you know, if you want to eat some bread, eat the whole grain bread instead. Mm -hmm. Brown rice, you know, things like that, quinoa, Mm -hmm. all that will give you longer sustained energy. The simple carbs will give you energy for thirty minutes or so. And if you don't use it, it'll turn into fat. And we don't Mm -hmm. want that. So you want the complex carbs because your body takes a longer time to break it down. And it'll give you more sustained energy throughout the day Mm -hmm. and when you're running. So making sure you're you're still eating your proteins and your fats as well. And having three meals a day. You can't just have one meal at the end of the day. You have to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because you have to make sure that your metabolism stays on point too. So same thing with running. Metabolism adapts to what we do. So if you continue to feed your metabolism, it's going to continue to work harder. If you eat in the morning, in the afternoon, and then in the evening, then your metabolism will be continuing to work. And eventually, it will become faster. And you'll be able to burn things off quicker.
1: So you don't need special any special diet that just for give you more energy right
0: (laughs) no it's mostly just the complex carbs and avoiding avoiding simple carbs and processed foods because processed foods like msg and things like that and fast Mm -hmm. food and stuff and the simple carbs gives you energy immediately but then it makes you crash and it it gives you development of more fat if you don't use that energy Mm -hmm. and then when you do try to run you're going to be very fatigued because you don't have energy So, just making sure that you're eating a a balanced diet is important with dark green leafy vegetables, um, fruits, um, complex carbs, proteins, and fats, three meals a day is very Mm -hmm. important. But other than that, you know, there's not like, oh, I have to be very strict on my diet. You know, just don't eat the unhealthy stuff. (laughs) But if you want to, (laughs)
1: yeah,
0: but like if you want to have a pizza, go have a slice of pizza. You don't really have to restrict yourself, but just don't overdo it by doing pizza every day. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Talking about age, how age impact the performance? I know probably if you're not in your 20s, 30s anymore, um, probably you won't run as fast. But if someone's in their 50s or even 60s, is it practical or is that too late for them to start thinking about even marathon or just they better just stay off like 5K at most or something Mm -hmm. like that?
0: (laughs) no it really just depends on their background so like if they've never ran before and they were never really an athlete Mm -hmm. um then they probably have some early degeneration already in their back and in their knees and their hips Mm -hmm. Um, a marathon might be a long shot but you never know unless you try i would Mm -hmm. build up to that so i'll start with the goal of a 5k Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: then a 10k Mm -hmm. and then a half marathon and depending on how they feel with the half then eventually get to the marathon Mm -hmm. if they've You know, 50, 60, 70 year old, if they've been an athlete their whole life, but they've never ran, then they might have less arthritis than someone who's never done anything um, and eventually be able to do a marathon earlier. Um, But we have to make sure that we build up to that and not just go straight into it in two months. In terms of performance, we do slow down as we get older, but there's this awesome age grade percentage that people developed that you can compare your times with people who are younger than you and also compare your times with your old times. So I can compare my 5K time right now, being 31, to my 5K time when I was 18. Even though it might be slower or faster, my age grade will compare it and tell me which one was a better effort. So then when I get older, when I turn 50, I can do a 5K again. And even though my 5K time will be slower, my age grade calculator will be like, oh, you did 90% of your grade. When you were 22, you only did 80%. You're doing better than when you were 22, even though the time is slower. And this is something you can Google um, age grade percentage for running Mm -hmm. and you can put in your age, your gender Mm -hmm. um, and your time. And it'll tell you what percentage you are amongst people your age. And you can, you know, do some research and see what you did a year ago or five years ago and see if you're doing better. So even though you're slowing down, you might still be doing better than you did 10 years ago. But it's hard to see because you're like, well, the time is slower. It is, but your body is different. You know, you're, you're getting older. You're not able to run as fast but because right. this calculator is there it's a good way to keep yourself motivated mm-hmm. to hit that percentage that you were when you were younger instead of trying to hit that time that you were younger you know
1: I have a friend that um, he has been wanting to be qualified for Boston Marathon but he hasn't been able to yet so I don't know it maybe it's not really you can just say okay it's need more strength or need more uh, in, intensive of the training I don't know it's uh, at a certain age, it, it it seems pretty hard, much harder to really improve your performance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. But like with Boston, even Boston takes the like, age grade in, into you know, consideration. As you get older, the qualifying time for Boston gets slower uh-huh. because they know as you get older, your body slows down. But there are a number of ways how you can increase your speed if you do want to get faster time for a Boston qualifier. Uh-huh. One way is to increase your mileage. So if your friend is doing 20 miles a week, see how they feel going to 30 miles a week, maybe 40 miles a week. If they feel up to it, maybe 50 miles a week. Mm-hmm. Just by increasing the time spent running, that can improve the amount of time or decrease the time in the marathon and maybe get them their Boston qualifier. If they're already doing 50 miles a week or a good amount of volume, they can try incorporating intensity. So the Pasadena Pacers, I host uh, speed trainings every Thursday afternoons. A lot of these Pacers it's their first time ever doing speed training, but they already see a difference in their speed because they know that, I mean, they're they're feeling faster and they're they're PRing in their races because they've never done it before. Hmm. You know, and, and just increasing intensity one day a week can be that extra push that you need to reach that goal of qualifying for Boston. And it doesn't even have to be a lot of speed training. Sometimes people are afraid of speed training. The speed training doesn't mean run as fast as you can. You know, it means run. Is that? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like run, run two minutes at your 5K pace, and then jog for two minutes. And it's your own personal 5K pace. So it's not going to feel like you're racing someone, you know, because it's your own personal speed. Or run a two mile tempo at your 10K pace. Obviously, you can run it. You can run six miles at that pace. We're only asking you to do it for two. That's pretty much how speed training works. And just adding one day of that can help improve your time to get faster Mm -hmm. as well. And anyone, any age can do this as well. So the two main ways is by increasing your volume if you're not running a lot or increasing your intensity if you're already running a lot. And if you do both of them, you know, that's a good way to to PR as well. But it's also a good way to get hurt. So we have to make sure we listen to our bodies. (laughs) You know what I mean? We don't want to do too much too soon. And since it's a new territory, a new ground that you've never been in before, Mm -hmm. you have to listen to your body and back off if things aren't feeling good, okay?
1: Actually, that's my next, uh, last question probably. So so as a chiropractor, you saw many patients and also you train a lot of um, either college students or from uh, Pasadena Raysa. So um, (laughs) how do you, as a chiropractor, like, and also I think you specialize in conditioning and strength, right? How do you Mm -hmm. help them to improve performance or how do you prevent them from having injuries?
0: Yeah, so I'm a sports chiropractor and I specialize in running injuries. And I, I did that because when I was younger, I um got hurt and I couldn't find a doctor that can treat me correctly. They always told me to take five weeks off from running to get better. I was like, well, I can't take five weeks off from running. I have a race coming up. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I decided to become a sports chiropractor so I can help other runners because I speak your guys' language. I know what it's like to have a race coming up with pain. So my first goal when someone comes in with pain is to keep them running as much as possible without aggravating their injury. So if they have a race coming up in December, in three weeks, we have California International Marathon in Sacramento. It's a big one. I have a number of people coming in with aches and pains because they want to make sure that they can race and hit their PR at CIM in three weeks. If they go to any other doctor, they're going to tell them to take four weeks off, but then they won't be able to race. So that's why they don't go to them. So they come here. And what I do is I I modify their training since I have been a coach and I am a strength and conditioning specialist. I let them know what they can do to maintain their fitness, but then not re-aggravate their pain by decreasing their mileage by like 20%, depending on what the injury is. Mm-hmm. or decreasing the intensity by a certain percentage as well. That way they can continue to train, maintain their fitness, and not hurt themselves more. And we're doing this while I'm treating their injuries. So my goal here is to try to t- mm-hmm. take away most of their pain. And we do that by myofascial release. We release the muscles. We do Graston techniques, the form of deep tissue massage to help bring more blood flow to the air and break up some scar tissue. Mm-hmm. We do joint mobilizations if it's a joint issue to kind of give that joint more motion. Um, and if it's an imbalance issue, because one side is stronger than the other, we find these muscular imbalances and I prescribe exercises to them to help fix this imbalance so that they can eventually get rid of the problem and not have to deal with it again in the future. So it's a little different than a traditional chiropractor where they just specialize in back pain. I do back pain, but most of my patients come in with running injuries um, and I have a special niche on how to treat them because I've been coaching for so many years so I can modify their training if needed, mm-hmm. um, in addition to treating their injuries as well. After the marathon is over, they usually come back, and then we try to figure out why they got that injury in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it could be because they did too much mileage. so we talk about training, and then we, we, I talk with them on, on how they can prevent that from happening in the future. A lot of times it's because there's muscular imbalances, so we find those imbalances, and then we give them the exercises needed for them to mm-hmm. correct those imbalances, become stronger yeah. so that it doesn't happen in the future. But there's a lot of things that we can do for runners Mm -hmm. to help them improve, reach their goals, become stronger and not get injured. Um, But those are just a number of things that we Mm do or that I do here.
1: Awesome. I know we already spent our one hour. (laughs) (laughs) Really uh, amazing conversation. I really like it. So before we wrap up our show today, do you think we have, did we miss any important message that you think it's uh, you want to convey to our audience?
0: There's one thing that I forgot to mention when mm-hmm. starting when when starting a running routine or any type of workout routine is you have to make sure that you get cleared by by a doctor before you begin. Yeah. But you have to make sure that this doctor knows sports, you know, especially if you're older and you haven't ran before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good just to get a general checkup just to make sure you don't have those pre-existing conditions that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can go straight into running. Because if you already have severe degeneration of your knees and you go out and you try to run a marathon you might just cause more damage than benefit it might be better to do something else like swimming or cycling something less impactful than running would be but i think that's an important thing that i forgot to mention when when trying to get ready for running you have to make sure that your body is healthy enough to do it um it doesn't mean you won't be able to run just means that you might have to start a little bit different with a different mm-hmm. sport, and then eventually get into running in the future. But yeah, I think that's pretty much the last point that I missed.
1: Okay, awesome. If any of our audience want to get a hold of you, so what's the best way to contact you?
0: Uh, they can contact me through email, um, or they you know can call the office here. My yeah. email is doctor dc at gmail.com and doctor is spelled out so D O C T O R. Delacruz, DC at gmail.com. The phone number at the office here is 626-792-1221. My staff usually answers the phone. Uh-huh. So if they wanted to make an appointment, they can talk to them. If they want to leave me a message, they can leave the message with the staff as well.
1: Okay. I'll also list your clinic website there. I think that's probably can, they can find more information there too, right?
0: Yeah. And my email number is on the yeah. website as well. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, Dr. La Cruz, I'm so thank you so much for your time today. I know you're busy uh, taking <laughs> a lunch break for, for my interview. Thank you so much. It was really fun for me and I learned so much.
0: You're welcome. I had a good time. I'm glad that you enjoyed it as well.
1: Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Della Cruz on how to start out running how to avoid the mistakes that many beginners make. And if you are a regular runner, I hope you also find it helpful on how to prevent injuries and what we should be watching for our diet. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support this podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, You can follow me on Instagram at simplehealthinfo. Thanks again. I will see you next time.